Bailey, we've got a lot to get to in this episode of Jamly Matters. I'm just going to go over it even before we do the intro, just so you know, I know we're on the same page so that we check everything off. We're going to give an update on the song rankings now that we're done all the albums. We are going to talk about Eddie Vedder and his solo album, his solo band. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say, but it's true. And then uh, his tour coming up. And then we're going to talk about... Uh, a holiday spectacular featuring Pearl Jam. That is all to come on Jamly Matters next. This podcast will stir your passion. It's Jamly Matters. Pearl Jam Explored. Welcome to the show. Roach and Billy Jean here. And as I said, we've got a lot to get to. And uh, this isn't going to be the, the two-hour yield episode, Billy, is an episode that I never want to surpass as far as length of episode. So I never want to go that long again. It never will. Okay. We, as soon as we had started this podcast, we had said our favorite album ever, both of us, was Yield. And that will be our longest one. For All sure. right. Good. So And so this one won't even get close to that, which is good, because we're going to go over like some, some, some news that has hit uh, in the Pearl Jam universe, as well as get you prepped for uh, the month of December, the holidays. And, you know, unfortunately, and I think we'll touch on this, I'll, I'll touch on this for a second, uh, Christmas and only Christmas, uh, which is something that I would, I'd like Pearl Jam to, to kind of tackle uh, in the future. But we'll get to that uh, in the second segment. First segment, let's give, uh, let's do some housekeeping first. We have finished ranking all of the albums of Pearl Jam. That's done, Billy. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't know, I, I didn't know how long it would take. Turned out it took two years, but it, we're done now. But that wasn't really the goal. The goal of ranking the albums wasn't to rank the albums or rank the songs on the albums. The goal was, which was my overall reason for wanting to do this podcast, was to rank every studio Pearl Jam song from the last one all the way up to the number one song. We uh we have finished part one of that, and it took two years. Part two begins, and this is going to be a little funky because we can rank the songs off of Yield because you and I are both working off the same collection of songs. Now, though, now that we've ranked all the albums, our rankings are are different. I wouldn't say completely different, but our rankings are different. So we had to come up with a way, Billy, to continue the ranking process, even though in every episode that we continue the ranking process, we won't be ranking the same songs. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. No, that makes sense. Okay. So I was kind of confused. It literally took me 18 months to kind of come up with a, a way that, that might work. Here's what we're going to go with, and this is just for the person listening, uh, so you know, and maybe if you're doing this at home, the, playing the home version, you can do the rankings and how we're doing them. We are not going to have any more episodes involving rankings at least until we get to say top 50 top 25 that we will we will do this as a second segment of another topic of jamly matters moving forward so what we'll do is we have our rankings i will send billy the rankings so she'll have them and then billy on her own will do the bottom 10 pearl jam songs uh for her according to her in her opinion and then i'll do the bottom 10 Pearl Jam songs, according to me, in my opinion. And then we'll take 10 
15 minutes of an episode to just say, okay, here are my bottom 10 Pearl Jam songs. And then here are the next 10 Pearl Jam songs. And then here are the next 10. And we'll do that over the course of episodes until we get to, let's say, 50. And then we'll decide, should we do a whole episode on the top 50? Should we do a whole episode on the top 25? Should we do 25 and 25? That's down the road, though, because it took us two years to get to this point. I won't imagine we won't get to that. We'll get to that in the next at least year or so. Billy, your thoughts on on that kind of way of ranking moving forward? It's going to be an interesting collection of songs, like when we when we couple them that way, because it's going to be all these different songs across various albums. So we're going to just have to do this and see what it. But yeah, I'm going to wonder what it's going to sound like to someone listening out there because yeah the only thing that these songs will have in common that were our own rankings of them across various albums as our least to our favorite so i don't know i don't know what to expect yeah and i I think i think the 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 challenge is and I, i haven't figured out what i'm going to do about this yet i think the challenge is to to rank the songs again it's because this is personal preference as you know Sleight of Hand is one of my least favorite Pearl Jam songs of all time. However, it is better than say like it's it's a it's a better constructed song than say some of the stuff that they've they've never released or some of the stuff like Turning Mist. I think it's a better song than yeah. Turning Mist overall, but I like Turning Mist better than Sleight of Hand. So the challenge is going to be do I just do fully objective this is a better song this is a worse song in my opinion or do i go personal preference and go okay i know that uh the acoustic number one is not even a fully fleshed out song and sleight of hand is a fully developed song and based on that it's a better song but i like the acoustic number one better how do i rank them that's what I need to think about. That's what you need to think about, Billy. And if you're playing the home version of this ranking system, that's what you need to think about as well. And then I think the final thing is, well, there's two things on the rankings. Number one, there's a couple of songs that we didn't rank. Uh, Man of the Hour being one of them. So we're going to have to work that in, which is a fantastic song. Like, it's just a phenomenal song. Uh, but we didn't rank it because we are idiots. And uh, so there's a couple of songs that we did not get to as far as or we didn't think of that fell through the cracks as far as studio recordings. Uh, The other thing is I'm hopeful, fingers crossed, to have this wrapped up by the next Pearl Jam album so that we don't have to then go back in and filter those songs in to the rankings that we've already done. That's my that's my hope. My fingers crossed are are crossed for that, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we could do that. We could have done by then. (laughs) I mean, when's when what was the what was the time between Gigaton and and Lightning Bolt? Like that gave oh, us okay. we had years for that one. Okay, yeah. So we have we have plenty of time. <laughs> we have plenty of time. Again, <laughs> fingers crossed. Because you know, I don't know what they've been up to. Although it feels like they've been up to a lot of stuff outside of Pearl Jam, which we'll get to uh, in the second segment. But I don't know what they've been up to. Uh, maybe we get a Pearl Jam album sooner rather than later. I don't know. Uh, those are the those are the uh, the my concerns. That's what we'll get to. I don't know when we'll start this, but it'll probably be sometime in the next three or four episodes. That's the ranking system. That's housekeeping number one. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of Pearl Jam, uh, the universe of Pearl Jam right now, Billy. And I think the big news is uh, Eddie Vedder announcing a tour. 
it's a solo tour, but that's a it's an air quotes on the solo tour because he put a band together. They're putting out an album. They're all playing on the album. It's known, you know, it's it's a known group of musicians. So Whilst it is an Eddie Vedder solo album, you got to use the air quotes because it does feel a little bit like a collaboration and kind of a band. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like a, a super group in a sense because it's just such incredible musicians and producers that are part of this this little solo band. It's uh, it's wild. And I think it's cool. Like, you know, Eddie, you know, names the band too, the Earthlings. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a it's important for him and, and, and the band. And I, I love that. It brings this uh, whole new, cool, fun energy to a side project for, for Eddie. So I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. All right. Well, you, you kind of stepped on my next question to you. Uh, I am just to get people up to speed on what I've said in past episodes. When it was the nineties, I thought I was an Eddie Vedder guy. And I, I was like, you know, anything Eddie Vedder I'm into even over, Pearl Jam. Like, I just thought I was an Eddie Vedder guy. Then he started to release some solo stuff, and it dawned on me that I'm actually a Pearl Jam guy, uh, and I like I like my Ed within the confines and the context of Pearl Jam. So, what you? I don't know if you've ever commented on this, but my question was going to be, how do you, what are your feelings and thoughts on the fact that Ed has basically started a second band? I think I think it's so fun for all of the, the the guys in this band when they go and do something new. I think it it shows how gigantic of musicians they are that they just want to keep creating and 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 doing their own things and doing things with their their core band. You know, you, you look at some of the biggest bands ever, and they're that I think is 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 awesome and it's it's healthy for for uh, all the artists too to have their own creative path. So. No, I, I, I love it. And I think I, I really, I wonder, it's like, okay, did this, does this pandemic really the reason for, for so much of this, or is it just even outside of that, would this have happened anyway? And possibly, you know, or, or maybe not, I don't know, but um, I think it's, I think it's really fucking cool. Do I will go back to your question. Was I always like a solo uh, Pearl Jam fan of, solo work outside of the band not not as much i'm right there with you i was very much more a pearl jam fan as opposed to anything that any of the guys ever did um but during the pandemic it opened me up too to want more and hear more from my favorite rock stars so i'm into it i'm into it big time i'm obviously a a huge uh, advocate for painted shield um another pearl jam um uh new band but uh i think it's really cool it shows how creative and amazing these guys are Billy. You brought up a great point, and and look, for better or for worse, Ed is the the front man of this band, and, and the spotlight shines a little hotter and a little brighter uh, on the front man. And so, like what I said was, what are your thoughts on him having another band? And then you're like, your first thing was, I, I love that the guys creatively go in different directions. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, dumbass. It's not like the guy, the rest of the band hasn't been in other bands in the past and also currently. So just because we have not seen Ed do something like this before doesn't make it unusual for Pearl Jam. Mike McCready has done it. 
Well, I mean, they've all done it. They like literally every one of the band members of the band has been in another band during the run of Pearl Jam, except for Ed. So uh, for me to to kind of side eye Ed for doing it and go, hey, what's going on over there? Well, it's a little it's a little it's a little unfair to Ed, I guess, is the point. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's so cool. And I I think about some of the other projects that have happened during the pandemic. Like, I feel like Matt Cameron has Mm. participated in so many different records, too, with with a lot of new and developing artists too, which I think is just so rad to be able to <laughs> offer everything that they're willing to be able to contribute to newer developing artists is just, is so cool. And then the more I get to learn about the earthlings, a couple members of that, I feel like, you know, someone like Andrew Watt is probably having the time of his life <laughs> being in a band with one of his favorite artists of all time. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty special. And the other thing that you mentioned that um, bears going into a little bit more is you re- we really don't have any idea how much the pandemic uh, – like we know that it changed the world and you, you, you can just make a blanket statement of it changed everything. But then once you start drilling down and thinking about it and thinking to yourself, well, how much did, how much did the pandemic change the course of – short term what it what the band wanted to do and it, whether it delayed something whether it canceled something whether it spurred them to do something else whether it uh sparked some creative creativity uh may, whether it sparked creativity on their own like each member going being isolated on their own for a while what what kind of interest and in, in thoughts did it spark there you're right like you really have no idea how much the pandemic kind of uh, disrupted or altered or changed the 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 timeline or the 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 trajectory of what the band wanted to do and when it wanted to do it. Right, right. Like I I, I have to think it weighs on on the band that after Gigaton and so much time not being able to do that 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 proper tour uh, has just got to be so so wild. Like, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the 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 songs that we've heard thus far. Um, I want to keep it I want to keep it as positive as I can possibly keep it. Um, Long way, very petty esque, uh, which which is which is a nice, real nice sound. And I think the current iteration of Ed's voice it's it's very pleasing. Uh, that that style and that sound is very it's it's catered and geared towards the way that he sings now. Um, Look, I, it's it's going to come and go for me as far as memorable is concerned. And then for the 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 haves, I just I have to let Ed write his love songs. It's mm-hmm. it's you know we for twenty plus years of Pearl Jam, everything was was either angry or hopeful, optimistic, anthemic, whatever, but there weren't a lot of love songs in there. And, you know, starting with, let's say, Binaural, we got some love songs filtered in. And and it really, the last, I don't know, 10 years of the band, he's he's kind of written more love songs than he's written angry songs almost. And this is another one of those uh, of love songs. And for me, it's a it's a little bit sappy. It's And it's a little bit cliche, especially the lyrics. And... I don't think that it's it's his best lyrical work, but I'm not going to begrudge him for writing songs about someone that he loves and f- coming up with new ways to write these songs about someone he loves. And 
for that, I just go, you know what, Ed, you, you do you, man. You do you. Write your love songs. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, that was my positive I mean, I, spin I, on it, Billy. That was my positive okay. spin on it. That was positive. <laughs> um, I think for me, I like that these songs are nothing that I think would ever be Pearl Jam songs, right. both of them. And I love that. It goes back to like, okay, yeah, you go find your own outlet for something different for you to be creative with. Um, and I love that. If they were songs that sounded like Pearl Jam, I think I think that made me a little sad. Me too. And, <laughs> right. That's a great point. So I like it. Um, and yeah, wow. I mean, this this latest one, the Habs, is 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 so is so positive and uplifting, which is like I think what we all need at a at a time like this. So. Um, yeah, I think I think it's cool. Definitely, I I I could see um, the first record definitely made that one made um, more sense to me. This one this one was definitely um, surprising to me, perhaps because it was so uplifting. <laughs> so I feel you on that. I was like, oh okay, um, but yeah, no, no, it's it's cool. Did you watch definitely Get? Different did you watch um? Did you watch Get Back? No, I have okay. So I'm like an hour in, but I still have what a hundred hours. Right. I mean, I've only watched the first episode because they're these are long episodes, and and Billy and I both have kids, and uh, even though my 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 eleven year old, who's my youngest, like really was into episode one, we just haven't found time to carve out to to watch these these marathon episodes. But I, I bring it up because, and I don't know if you've seen it yet. In the it's in the first episode. I don't know if it's in the first hour, but you really like. I just. I'm fascinated with the process. I'm a huge Beatles fan, as I've mentioned on this podcast many times. And I just think if you're a fan of music, it's it's just fascinating to watch the creative process come together from for this this one the the best band of all time. And I bring it up in the relation in the context of Pearl Jam because number one, it got me thinking, I wonder how close this is to the creative process of how Pearl Jam writes, especially now. At the beginning I would say no, but now um you know, and, and look, the Beatles are the, the timeline for the Beatles is so compressed. They did all that in, you know, 10 years, basically less than 10 years. So it's much more expanded. But Pearl Jam, they, they released a lot of music during that timeline. And for Pearl Jam, they they are in that collaborative. We can do whatever we want kind of phase that the Beatles were getting together and doing with these get back sessions. So I, I look and I think to myself, oh, I wonder how Pearl Jam writes. But in the context of what you just said, I look at, you know, George already had All Things Must Pass written. And he was bringing it to the band like, hey, what about this song? And it was just funny how the band was like, nah, bro, not, we're, gonna, we're not going to use that song. And George was like, okay, I'll use it a year later for my awesome solo album. And John Lennon had some songs that he brought and they were like, no. And then he used it. So it was, and Paul had songs. So like these, the guy, the guys in the Beatles were like, here are some songs. And the rest of the band are like, not working for this. doesn't work for what we want to do. So they took them and brought them somewhere else, which is what I imagine the Pearl Jam process is these days where you have a track like Long Way or you have a track like The Haves that maybe weren't written during the Gigaton Sessions or maybe he brought them the Gigaton Sessions and the rest of the band were like, eh, it doesn't feel Pearl Jammy. And he was like, fine, I'll take him over here. Kind of like with Stone, I would imagine, writes some riffs and goes, not for Pearl Jam, I'll take it over to Painted Shield. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, uh, that's so interesting that you uh, you mentioned the documentary because Oh, I have so many thoughts on how <laughs> records are being done these days. And I don't, I don't think it's, 
a lot of them are getting done, like those Beatles records that are this collaborative effort with, with a team. It's, it's really cool. And it makes you think, like I try to envision myself being in a band and letting your guard down and having that many people involved in the creative process right. and still staying honest on what your thoughts are. That'd be a real challenge for me. Uh, for sure. I think, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Cause I, I definitely, when I, when I feel a certain way, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure about what I, what I want. And I don't know how I could straddle like making your whole band happy and then also getting your point across and not just settling for something that you're, 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 you're not into. Anyways, that went on a, a total different tangent, but my point so did is, I. So did uh, I. I don't, maybe maybe the Beatles, the Beatles derailed both of our brains because we both were like, eh, let's talk about the Beatles. No, we got to get back to Pearl Jam. <laughs> I think it, back to that that process of, of recording and what, what that looks like. I just uh, – back to, to Ed and wanting to write and collaborate with these these new people. It's just, it's just so cool. And I think it becomes like a just a different – yeah, a different opportunity for for people, um, and it must be. And then it might it might bring back so much more joy too to the other side of working with your your core band at Pearl Jam, and I, just the whole thing is so interesting to me. Like, um, you know, one person in particular in in Ed's band, Andrew Watt. Like, for for people that don't know more about him, like he is he's it right now. He's probably the, the one of the biggest producers that is is out there in the whole world <laughs> from Dua Lipa to Miley Cyrus. Like, and that's so interesting to me, like this, this really, really great, incredible producer of all genres. And like, I just, I wonder what his, um, what, you know, his inspiration to Ed is. I just think that I, I would have never guessed a collaboration like that. However, Andrew's doing Ozzy Osbourne and Elton John. Right. So it's, I guess it completely makes sense, but that's gotta be, that's got to be so cool and wild, like a different, a different inspiration for, for Ed, for sure. It's cool. I think that when we both get through um, the Get Back documentary, we should do an episode where we kind of talk about our thoughts on that process and, you know, relate it back to Pearl Jam when we can. But to me, there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot to take away as a mu music lover from that documentary. And, you know, you apply it to a band like Pearl Jam who – was is you know i i don't say on the level of the beatles but you know they're in the same universe as the beatles as far as uh creative output and and level of success so yeah maybe maybe we write that down for a future episode yeah. and we talk about get back and and pearl jam last thing on oh. this before we talk about the uh, holiday spectacular edition is there's a lot of there's a lot of grumbling in in the the fandom of of pearl jam about ed's tour uh, and specifically the prices of Ed's tour. I have seen Ed solo twice, and I, for me, that's enough. I don't need to see Ed solo again. If he's in D.C., which <laughs> I don't know if anybody has noticed, Pearl Jam doesn't come to D.C. very often, which is extremely strange because it is a major city, and it is, uh, you'd think, a place they'd want to, They'd want to set up shop in the in the backyard of the government uh, off, as often as they can. They haven't been to D.C. in over a decade now. So I'm not hopeful that Ed will come to D.C. But if Ed did come to D.C. and I came across tickets, uh, I'd go. I don't know if mm -hmm. I'd pay for tickets because they're pretty expensive. And 
I don't know. I've seen Ed enough to get the Ed solo experience. Again, I'm a Pearl Jam guy. When they come to D.C., I will definitely be there. I'll travel to see Pearl Jam. But for me, it's a non-starter to travel to see Eddie Vedder solo. What are your thoughts? He's coming to your backyard. So will you be going to uh, any of the Earthling shows? Oh, man. For me, I completely agree with what you just said. But like, I, it's going to be a game time decision. Like, <laughs> it's not going to be a plan in advance type of thing where I, 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 I go for tickets. Because, yeah, yeah, I just uh, – it's so hard, as you know, with, with, with two young kids, like – I know I can plan out Pearl Jam shows. Right. That is a given. Like, if I know in two years from now, I'm like, this is where I'm going to be. And you, like, right. you kids, you, you're just going to figure it out. Right. going to watch you. And the, and, the sp- yeah. and the spouse comes in on that, too. Like, I, I'll get a pass to go to L.A. to see Pearl Jam. I don't know if I get a pass to go to L.A. to see Eddie Vedder. I don't know. Yep. Or if I do get one pass, I'm going to take it for Pearl Jam and not Eddie Vedder. There's a lot of plans that have to be put into place when – myself and my husband are, are, are out for something. So it's going to be a game time decision for those Ed Vedder shows. Definitely the Prudential Center, which is Newark, New Jersey. That is 100% my, my backyard. I could yep. be in that venue in like a half hour <laughs> from my house. So <laughs> to me, that might be one where I find a way to um, weasel my way out of the house to get okay. to the show. But no, I have no long-term plans for that. There's just, there's so many shows that are um, gearing up for next year that I got to make sure that I, um, I prioritize. Yeah, that's like, You got to prioritize. Billy Peppers and the Strokes next year, like, uh, like dead. Right. I got to, that's, that's me. I guess two of my favorite bands. I got to be there. So um, yeah, free time is, is few and far between um, for me and for, for you and for parents out there. So um <laughs> Game time decision. Not just me. free time, free time and funds. Like the, the Eddie Vedder tickets are not cheap. And mm-hmm. if you're not in one of those, I don't know, six cities or whatever, you got to get to those cities. That's not cheap either. So, yeah, funds are also coming to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Chili Pepper Strokes tickets are wildly expensive. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to that, yes, I got to be right. strategic right. with my decisions. Right. <laughs> so uh, it, it's TBD. From from Billy, as far as hitting up Eddie Vedder shows, for me, it's a, it's a no. He's not coming close enough to me to do that. What about you? Are you uh, hitting up the Earthling show? Are you uh, excited about Eddie's solo album? Hit us up on Let Us Know. We're on Twitter, at Jamley Matters. We're also on Facebook. That's probably a fun way to, to discuss, uh, facebook.com slash Jamley Matters. And we're also at Jamley Matters at gmail.com if you want to uh, email us your thoughts. Email us your thoughts on the song rankings as well. We're going to talk some Holiday Pearl Jam next on Jamley Matters. My craft beer podcast, Head Retention, celebrates the holidays with some good old-fashioned holiday beer tasting. Now, you may not be able to sample every brewery's holiday beer. However, you can sample the genres of beer that are associated with the holidays. What are they? Ooh, you sound like somebody who needs to listen to Head Retention, my craft beer lifestyle podcast that's available through the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we uh, we got to talk a little holiday. Pearl Jam, Billy. We're recording this at the beginning of December. Here's what I'll say before we get started. I would love for for the band to to do a Hanukkah song, to do some sort of non-Christmas 
holiday song. They have not done that as yet, but I, I just want to put that in the ether that it would be really cool if they were to do that at some point uh, in the future. I feel like they feel like they've exhausted all of the Christmas type stuff that they could do as evidenced by the fact that they shut down the, the Christmas singles from the fan club, which probably has to do with the money involved and the time involved to have to produce those. But also maybe uh, we don't have any more Christmas songs left. We should move on. Maybe they could focus on Hanukkah. I just want that in the ether uh, for the band to find their way back to them. Oh, I love that. I feel like they would want to do that as well. Right. They want to do something uh, new. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Man, I love all the stuff that, that Dave Grohl um, right. has been doing. It's just so fun. Right. And it's been so great. Yes. Like, and it just, you know, yeah. it raises awareness that, you know, it's not just, it's the holiday season for everybody, not just for uh, people who celebrate Christmas. So uh, just wanted to put that out there. Having said that, for a band that has never released a Christmas album, which would be mind-blowing on a number of levels if they ever did the traditional Christmas album, uh, for a band who has never released a Christmas album, you could fill up a a playlist for Christmas Eve dinner that would be exclusively Pearl Jam songs. Now, look, it'd be weird as fuck, and everybody at the table would probably be arching an eyebrow on some of the, the different, at least even the tempos of the songs. But you could put together a Christmas Eve Pearl Jam playlist, uh, Christmas Eve dinner Pearl Jam playlist, and have a, a good amount of, of time to, to finish your dinner while only listening to Pearl Jam Christmas songs. <laughs> I never, yeah, when you really start to think about how many there are, Oh my gosh, that's a that's a whole that's a whole playlist right there. It's a play. It's wow. it's it's an interesting eclectic playlist, but it <laughs> yeah. is it is a playlist. I I put together I put together like a a, a playlist, but not with all the songs. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it's approximately forty minutes. So you could do a forty minutes uh, playlist for Pearl Jam for Christmas yeah. songs. Right. Now, if you're having a party, though, and you play that 40-minute playlist. No, it's awful for a party. You keep everyone engaged. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can't, it can't be for a party. So here's, here's – let's just do let's just do a couple of minutes on these Pearl Jam Christmas songs. Um, first one I want to shout out is, is uh, Jingle Bells, the instrumental of Micro Creedy. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the most traditional Christmas mm -hmm. song that the band has done. And if you slid that into – your Christmas classics playlist with, you know, Burl Ives and Bing Crosby and whoever, your traditional Christmas songs, that one wouldn't be out of place. No, definitely. And I, you're making me think from a marketing perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Some of those songs should totally get listed in these holiday playlists. Like, yeah, from an industry standpoint, oh man, streams go up, you know, obviously a ton right. during these next couple of weeks. And I wonder how many of these Pearl Jam songs get placed on these hot. Yeah, McCready's Jingle Bells is, is great and it would it would it would fit right in there and and would be a good one. All right, go ahead. Well, you, here's what we'll do and we didn't we didn't plan the uh, how we were going to do this. But let's just let's just volley back and forth three Pearl Jam songs, Christmas songs a piece. Uh, I did Jingle Bells. What, what's your, which one would you like to shout out for your Christmas playlist or just a good Christmas Pearl Jam song or just a weird Christmas Pearl Jam song? You know, and I didn't give this like a whole like 
I just thought about this a bit. Um, you just listen to the songs. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't, like, you don't need to break them down. This isn't like the rankings where you got to break them no, down. It's exactly. just, hey, no rankings. what about this song? <laughs> some that just stick out to me over the years. Like, I loved the Let Me Sleep, It's Christmas Time of course. On, on Lost Dogs. That one I just love. And it, um, to me also, like, I think fits right there between, like, if someone wasn't a Pearl Jam fan and that just, like, came up on a holiday list, it's like, oh. This is this is lovely. Yeah, that's so, that to me is if you're having like post Christmas Eve dinner and you're just kind of sitting around the fire with uh, family or friends and you've got like a mellow Christmas playlist, Christmas songs playlist. That song would be perfect. Um, look, it's in the traditional Pearl Jam style, which is it's a major bummer. Because while everybody's celebrating Christmas, there's this homeless person who right. would just rather sleep now because uh there's nothing else in their lives which you know also it always felt like a companion piece to even flow uh because of the homeless uh aspect of it uh it's like the mellower version of even flow yeah. talking about homelessness uh but at the end of the day it's just it's a really really good song yeah. it's a good song yeah i will uh i'll shout out santa god because mm-hmm. that also has got some traditional Christmasness, Christmasness to it. Can't play it in front of kids because Ed just comes out and says, you know, Santa Claus doesn't exist. Um, but I, I do like the kind of, yeah, do you remember when everybody was like, hey, Christmas, birth of Jesus, we got to go. And for me as a Catholic, you got to go to mass, got to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But really, as a kid, you're like, Santa Claus is really God because he's the one bringing all the cool shit. He was the God like figure. And it's I just I love the kind of the tone of the song. I love the the the, the traditionalness of the song, but also the kind of, hey, I'm going to keep it real as a kid. Santa was God. And, and let's let's not let's not play around. So Santa God, I'll shout that out for the playlist as well. Love it. Um, OK, can I shout out some that are like we're holiday singles, but not like truly holiday driven tracks you do you billy go ahead <laughs> i'm just like ones that for me are you know pearl jam holiday songs right um okay so i mean i loved i mean this is this is way back when but when they when they did uh ramones cover when they did i believe in miracles mm. like it's the christmas single yep that was big i love i love a good pearl jam cover and that one was just whoa was was big 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 uh big ramones fan and when that one gets played live, it's like, yes, I believe in miracles. Um, I love that. And I, I distinctly remember that holiday single artwork. It looks like he's like a, a dude and he's he's at the front door and it looks like his family's running away from him. I don't know if you remember this single artwork, but I, I, it said, like, um, come back. It's Christmas. I can change. So <laughs> obviously something going on, some some family a family feud there. And he's he's bringing them back. Um, but I don't know. That one comes. Uh, well, that's comes a good one, and it's got it. It's it does have a Christmas tie-in, not just because it was a Christmas single, but the I believe in miracles is the miracle yeah. of Christmas. So, like, right. that's a good that's a good shout. That's a, it's a, you were you were you were a little wavering on your your commitment to can I do this one? Can this one be <laughs> a part I, of it? <laughs> not technically, and it's not even their song, but oh, that one just if someone were to ask me like, oh, Pearl Jam holiday songs, I'd be like, oh yeah yeah, when they cover I believe in miracles, yeah. Quick shout out to Turning Mist, uh, which I mentioned earlier in the episode. 
there's a Christmas reference in it, so you know it. It I, I guess it's a Christmas song. Uh, that's not my number three, but I wanted to shout that out. Um, also, quick shout out to "Don't Believe in Christmas." Mm. It's a it's a good vibe, but he, you know he drops f bombs in it. I can't put that on my my Christmas Eve playlist. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna curse in your Christmas song, I can't I can't play it. But it's a that's a fun song. It it feels like a '50s song, and it feels like you know that '50s kind of era is when all of the Christmas songs that we still listen to to this day uh, come out. I have a thing with my wife, mm-hmm. the where I always I ask her, when is the last, when's the last Christmas song that was released that became an enduring Christmas song? And for many many years, it was Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." But I think Kelly Clarkson's "Underneath the Tree" is now a Christmas classic. And that one was released afterwards. But at, like, try to think of a song from the 2000s that was released that became a Christmas classic. Mm-hmm. You can't think of them. Like an original, not like them, not like Justin Bieber doing Little Drummer Boy, but like an original Christmas song that became a part of the rotation with Johnny Mathis and Frank Sinatra and everybody else. Yeah. They don't do them anymore. Can't, none of them make it. Wow. I mean, no one could beat Mariah Carey. Like, no one even right. tries anymore. It's right. Like, that's just... That's it. So Don't Believe in <laughs> Christmas, I, I think, feels like a 50s type song, which is when all of those songs kind of made it on the playlist and never got off for your, your radio station that only plays Christmas music this time of year. Uh, but it's got yeah. an F-bomb, so you can't, you can't do it. So the last one I'll shout out is, I think, their best Christmas song, which is Someday at Christmas, which is okay. uh, the cover of the Stevie Wonder, also done by Jackson Vive. Also done uh, very well by, by Jack Johnson, if you're looking for another version of that song. Um, it's very Pearl Jammy in the sense that they're talking about some serious issues, but it's also got a Christmas vibe to it um, because of the music. And Ed does a real, really, really good job with the vocals. So if you just want to like bop around and not listen to the lyrics and not get yourself bummed out, Someday at Christmas, to me, works on almost any Christmas playlist that you could put together uh, from the band. And I, I think it's their best one. That's so good. That was that was the next one I was. Okay, so then go ahead, give your thoughts on it, and we can get out of here. I mean, I just I can't say exactly like song like holds on its own, and perhaps it's something you know you even want you want to listen to even not around the holidays. Right, exactly. It's just a good song. Great. Yeah, it's a great track. I didn't know that there's a Jack Johnson cover of that too. I gotta I gotta check that out. Um, But yeah, no, that one's great. I think that's got to be one of the most. The, the one that they're most proud of like that was that's a that's a highlight and i think for any pearl jam fan i, I would think that's one of the first ones they think about agreed i think a holiday track yeah and then one. and then lastly for me the the shout out to the first ramblings uh which which is you know it was great to just hear the band having fun during the christmas season yeah. as they were just starting out on this journey that would take them 30 years later um it's not a song, but it's just it's it's just really fun to listen to and a real a real fun snapshot of them uh, being young and excited and uh, ready for the holidays. So yeah, Ramblings would be my last one. All right, uh, whatever your Christmas is going to entail, hopefully it involves some Pearl Jam. If not, the music, maybe some vinyl, maybe some memorabilia, uh, maybe some Christmas songs from the band. We gave you a couple. What are some of your favorites? Hit us up on, uh, just email us, jamlymatters at gmail.com. Happy holidays to you, Billy. Happy holidays to you, Rich. And we will talk to you in 2022. Now, it's your turn. Post your thoughts on the Jamily Matters Facebook page or send an email to jamilymatters at gmail.com.